Hey guys, this is your host Stephanie and I just wanted to jump right in and share with you guys a huge milestone that the podcast hit and I honestly had no idea. (laughs) Back in December of 2019, we hit the 68th ranking spot out of all parenting podcasts out there, which is like, I don't know, 10 to 15,000, which is crazy. So how cool is that? And we've actually hit uh, top 100 seven different times in the three months since we've been live. So I am just so thankful for you guys and your continued support of this message. And I just wanted to let you guys know this because it is really special to me that we have a group of women who desire generational change and personal development that continue just to cover each other in grace as we navigate motherhood, you know, in this culture. So I am loving that people are paying attention and the ranking just shows that the message is needed. So if you have actually not gone and rated the podcast, this is so very important when it comes to ratings. So pause super quick and give this podcast a rating if you are someone who comes back again and again to listen to this content. All right, so before we hop into my episode today on health, I can't not talk about some of the things going on in the world right now with this whole coronavirus, right? And in the U.S., which is where we are, I know we have listeners from a bunch of other countries, but they just closed school for two weeks following spring break. So spring break starts next week and they have closed school for the following two weeks after that. And I am assuming kind of with the way things are going that y'all, my kids are not going back to school (laughs) this year. And I'm okay with this. And you kind of know if you have been listening to the podcast that I've kind of always wanted to homeschool my kids. I've always had like an itch to do it. And I was seriously considering doing it next year because we're actually going to be moving houses mid-year. And so that's going to mean that the kids are either going to have to switch schools mid-year or I'm going to have to drive them the second half of the year to their school to keep them there. I mean, neither of those options would like kill anyone. But if I was going to homeschool, it kind of made the most sense to just try it out next year. But I know that a lot of you guys out there are don't share my same feelings at the moment. And that's okay. Seriously, like some moms just really feel like they are better working moms. So if you are not like jumping for joy at this opportunity to be working from home, possibly if your career kind of is making you do that, and then also having your children at home, give yourself some grace. There are a lot of things at play here with this whole virus going on. There are incomes being affected. Obviously, people are getting sick and there's a lot of stressors when it comes to those things. And then to just add keeping your kids um, home with you and having to keep up with all of their academics when you're not a teacher it just kind of can make you feel really ill-equipped to deal with all of this. So it's all just hard, right? It's just it's just difficult. But I have a few things I want to say to you if you're feeling super anxious about having your kids home and kind of being responsible for enforcing their learning during this time. So from one teacher to another, you know, other moms, here's what I have to say. First, I think if you're not a teacher I've talked to some people and I think that there's moms and dads out there that are thinking they have to recreate like a structured seven hour day of English and then math and history and science and whatever else. And then if you have younger ones that, you know, their day includes circle time and read aloud and just all the things. And so let me just free you from that expectation. Let me just free you from that expectation of being like a peppy elementary school teacher 
in having that personality or, you know, free you from the fact that your house does not look like, you know, that Pinterest homeschooling room that you've probably tried to figure out or at least have looked at because you're trying to figure out what the next two weeks, three weeks are going to look like and possibly, you know, through the end of the year. Like, breathe, sweet girl. Your kids do not need all of that. Just, I mean, even two hours of focused work a day, especially if you guys have younger kids. Oh my gosh, that is plenty. That is plenty of time. Think about it. I mean, there is so much downtime during the formal school day. I mean, they have the bus ride into school and then just getting into the classroom. They have lunch. They have recesses, usually like two. They have, you know, time when the teacher is helping other kids and the teacher can only teach as fast as all 25 kids can learn. But kids can learn so much faster, you guys, if it's one-on-one. So just let go of this expectation of like a very structured seven-hour workday that resembles a school day, okay? And then second, your teachers of your children should be sending home resources. And these are naturally going to be like limited to packets and websites, but these websites, you guys, are actually pretty freaking awesome. I mean, some of our favorites, and I'll put these in the show notes, are Dreambox and Splash Math for math. Splash Math, let me just say, I absolutely love. Uh, you have to have a teacher's email address. And so when I went to sign up for it, I was like, dang, I'm not a teacher right now. I just put my personal email address in and they let me have it. So I don't know. You can just do that, I guess. Um, anyways, we love Kids A to Z and Homer for reading. Noah also loves Codable, which is all things like coding on a computer. It's really, it's made for kids. It's awesome. Uh, there's also a ton of websites just offering free memberships online during this time with the whole coronavirus happening. And there might be other zoos that are doing this, but I know the Cincinnati Zoo is actually having a Facebook Live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and doing a virtual safari for kids. And they're going to like showcase a different animal each time. How cool is that? So we actually have a post on our Legacy Through Motherhood Facebook page that have some links to unique online you know, learning programs or whatever that are being offered. So head on over there and check them out if you have any interest in that. And then third, you guys, <laughs> give yourself and your kids some grace during this time. If you go three days without focusing on your kids' schoolwork because you had to work on your own stuff, like, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I know some of you guys are going to be in complete survival mode, and while it's not okay to, like, obviously neglect your kids' schoolwork for the entire time they are off, especially if they're off the entire year, the good news is, is that if you skip a day, you can always make it up the next day or on the weekend. Plus, kids these days, you guys, they just need to play. Like, it is just as good for them, and it is super enriching for them to just play. And... Also remember, and I talked about this, I don't know, on a previous episode or on my Facebook, that like you have the ability to provide enrichment to your own children. You know them better than anyone. And I think we forget this sometimes because we send our kids off to school to learn academics and then we, you know, send them to a coach to learn a sport and to wherever else. But the truth is, is that we are all exactly who our kids need. Like we are their parents for a reason. And it may take a little bit for you to like find her again, but she is there. And at the end of the day, you are going to be enough for your child in this season. So lean all the way in, friends. (laughs) Lean all the way in 
to the supports given to you by your kid's teacher. Lean all the way in to the supports given to you by your employers or the government even right now. I know that the government is granting a lot, a lot of unemployment benefits, um, specifically in Ohio. Um, But, you know, lean into friends who maybe can't be there physically, but are offering up help financially or in some way or another. Like if you find yourself in a situation of need, take people up on their offers to help, right? If you are doing okay right now, like reach out with a no strings attached gift to help others out. If you have resources right now, I'm not saying give them all away, but I'm just saying like keep your eyes open. Our family tries to live on mission every day. We are on mission every single day, Sims team, right? I try to go or I try to teach my boys to keep their eyes open to people in need and to just step in where you can. So with all of that said, let's transition to the topic that was actually planned for this episode. And it actually falls kind of perfectly in line with everything that's going on. And so today's topic is health. And I'm going to share about my family's journey of just pursuing less. And I actually did a Facebook Live in our community group this past Tuesday. So if you want a deeper dive and a live training about this, head on over there because I'm not going to be able to get as deep here as I did there. So I will provide a link in the show note for you guys. But Ali Kazaza is a decluttering expert and I have followed her for a number of years now and she actually is the one that kicked off this journey for me and I want to just open your eyes to a different, you know, way of living as well. And here's kind of why this is a health episode, you guys. <laughs> Clutter demands our senses. Clutter demands our senses. Whether it's clutter we see or clutter we trip over or we shove it in a drawer, it does not matter. Researchers at the Yale School of Medicine found that when people with hoarding tendencies were faced with discarding an object of personal value, two regions of the brain associated with conflict and physical pain showed greater signs of activity, the anterior cingulate cortex and the insula which are the same areas that produce nicotine cravings. The stronger the connection to the possession, the greater the resulting feeling of psychological discomfort or anxiety. Like when these people had to get rid of something in their home, their body felt or, you know, the signals in their brain went off as if they were feeling physical pain. That's crazy, right? I mean, actually, it's not that crazy. It kind of makes sense. But what's crazy to me is that I never put two and two together. Like I became a stay-at-home mom back in 2016 after I had my third, Graham, and I was immediately overwhelmed. I had three kids, three and under, and I had this idea of the type of stay-at-home mom that I would be, and I was dreaming about the day that I would be a stay-at-home mom because I was a working mom for five years before that, right? And then reality kicked in and turns out (laughs) I wasn't the crafty, you know, schedule-oriented baking, get out of the house and take the kids to the museum or the zoo three times a week, mom. That wasn't me. And I quickly realized that I just ended up spending the majority of my time cleaning and feeling overwhelmed. Like that was my new life. But that's also the typical story, right? Like it's the story of us being home and just picking up all day long just to still have the house look like a complete disaster when, you know, your husband gets home at the end of the day or whatever. I can literally count on two fingers, you guys, how many times I sat down and watched a show, 
while Justin was at work. Two times. Two times in four years have I ever sat down on the couch and watched a show while he was at work. I am and was constantly moving all day long, changing diapers, nursing, you know, picking things up, doing my laundry, wiping things down, disciplining the kids, breaking up fights, helping the kids with something, making food, cleaning up the food, making food again, you know, getting milks. I mean, you know the drill. I worked all day long and I would feel really productive actually. But once Justin got home and I like would look around the house, I'd be like, wait, hold on. why is this house a disaster and the kids are still hungry? Like what is happening? And it's like the daggone twilight zone. <laughs> I digress. Anyways, then all of a sudden someone, Allie Kazaza, like smacked me in the face with some obvious truth that, hey, dude, if you don't have 7 million toys, then you don't have 7 million toys that you need to pick up. If you don't have 14 million cups in your kitchen, then you don't have 14 million cups to wash. Okay, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on a second. I remember listening to her for the first time and I remember thinking like I knew that she was a minimalist and I'm like, listen, I'm not all about the like tiny houses show. I'm not all about the white walls and the, you know, super like no decorations and the random green plant in the corner. Like that's not that's not me. But that's not that's not who she is either. But you almost don't even realize that the cause of your overwhelm is what it is. Because it's so normal to have, you know, entire rooms in our homes devoted to our kids' toys. Who here has a playroom, right? It's so normal to have five cabinets filled with freaking cups and plates and bowls. It's so normal to have closets and drawers that are overflowing with clothes and shoes. So we just keep on keeping on and we quite literally spend half of our freaking lives cleaning or feeling the need to clean. But let me just present you with a thought here. And it's kind of, you know, drastic here. So feel free to roll your eyes and just whatever. But I just, I want you to sit with it for a second. What if your family of four only had four plates in your house and four cups and four bowls? I mean, what if? Why Does your family of four need 15 plates and 10 bowls and 40 cups? Why does your family of four need 20 butter knives and 15 forks and spoons? I mean, do you ever sit down like at dinner and eat off of two plates or drink out of two cups at once? No, we don't. What we do is we drink milk, you know, from a cup and then two hours later we want some orange juice. And instead of rinsing out our milk cup, what do we do? we get a new one. What do our kids do? We freak, They freaking get a new one. Or instead of like rinsing off our plate from lunch that we had a daggone sandwich on, we put it in the sink and we get a new plate for dinner. It's just human nature, you guys. But then we have sinks filled to the absolute brim with dishes. And then when our counters, it starts to overflow on our counters, right? But if you got rid of 80% of your dishes, and side note, if you host dinners often, then keep what you use daily in your cupboards and then have a box filled with all your excess dishes and keep them in a separate room or a separate closet so they're not in the mix with your daily dishes. But they're still accessible if you want to host. But a lot of us keep cups that we got from, you know, before we ever got married and they're ugly. We don't, you know, we don't choose them. They're like what's left over after we've we've used the other 40 cups. Uh, But we just keep it. 
because I don't know, we just do. Or an old bowl that's like warped or an old souvenir shop cup from King's Island or Disney or whatever that has been like totally jacked up in the dishwasher. Like y'all, we're hoarders without even realizing it. And I know that this sounds extreme, but just humor me for a second, y'all. For those of you who hate dishes as much as me, seriously, the like the worst chore in the house for me, could you imagine only having four to six cups and plates or whatever, and then getting your family in a new habit of just rinsing their dish after every meal? Because then guess what, guys? There's not the like hardened egg or oatmeal <laughs> on there that takes forever to scrub off and to soak. It just comes right off right away. Could you imagine the weight like lifted off of you and the time you would get back? Can you imagine not even being able to fill your sink with dishes even if you wanted to because they just literally don't exist? Like that amount of plates to overflow your sink doesn't even exist anymore. Like it sounds pretty amazing, right? And then let's just like jump ship here. What about clothes? I think as women and moms, we keep a lot of clothes that we want to fit back into one day. Those, you know, favorite jeans we had before we had babies and our bodies changed. And then those clothes in our closet that are who we wish we were, those cute workout clothes in our drawers, but you know, we never go to the gym. (laughs) Or maybe we have a ton of beautiful dresses and heels to go out in, but we're really more of just a homebody. And they say that we only wear like 20% of our wardrobe anyways. And I think this is why, like, we are waiting to either be the person we used to be or we're striving to be a person that we want to be, but we neglect the person we are right now. So we grab, you know, a cute fitted shirt to wear, but then it ends up on the floor because really, I mean, hello, I'm chasing five kids around all day. Like, give me my jeans and my graphic tees all day long. But you guys, like our wardrobe should really reflect who we are. And sure, like keep some stuff you know you're going to want to wear again someday. But the other stuff, girl, give it away. (laughs) It just ends up on the floor and in your laundry, causing you just more stress and more work. That's too much. And so here's two tips um, that I'll give you really quick when it comes to clothes for us. And we have seven people in our house. So clothes are still a work in progress here. But I've heard... You should hang all of your clothes the opposite way on your uh, closet racks. And as you use each item, when you put it back on the rack after you clean it, then just hang it the normal way. And then in six months, whatever clothes are still hung backwards, donate. Obviously, if it's like a suit or something that you only wear once a year or whatever, like don't do that. Don't be wasteful. But the point being like you don't wear that crap, so just donate it. Also, I do all the laundry in my house and I really really pay attention when I'm folding stuff to be put away. If it's stretched out like around the neck or it has a little hole in it, it's super faded or I don't know, it just fits my boy's body weird. Like it doesn't get put back in the drawers. It just goes into a a giveaway pile. And depending on the quality, you know, if it either gets thrown away or donated. So that's a good way to screen clothes. So you're not putting stuff back in drawers that'll just end up on the floor again, right? Okay, so I'm not going to walk through every room on this episode 
And if you want the walkthrough of the rooms, then you need to head over to that Facebook page because that live is over an hour long and I walk through a lot. I walk through almost every single room in your house and what to pay attention to in each room, how to set an intent for each room, and I talk about like some kind of somewhat touch on sentimental items, but you should hop over to my girl Allie's um, business page for that because she really tackles that wonderfully. But I talk about kids' toys, how to get them involved, you know, your husband involved, the whole nine. But for now, I just want to chat really quick about how you can declutter your house. So there are different challenges out there that you can do. You can do like 30 minutes of decluttering a day for 30 days or 15 minutes for 15 days. It doesn't really freaking matter. But here's what I did. I did the 30 minutes a day for 30 days at the beginning. Why? Well, because I have 5 million kids and I am like lucky if I even get 30 minutes. But 30 minutes, you guys, is actually a pretty long time if you can like get intentional with what you're doing, set the kids up with a show, a movie, you know, whatever, and just set a timer and get to work. So I would literally walk into a room, let's just say the bathroom for whatever, for this example, which Actually, it's really where you should start because there's not a lot of sentimental things in the bathroom. So it's easy to like throw things away and and get rid of them. Okay, so you walk into your bathroom or any room, put any room in here, and you set the intent for the room. All right, I'm in my bathroom. This is for getting ready, showers, you know, whatever else, or your dining room is for dinner and schoolwork. Doesn't matter. This helps you just make decisions as you go through every single item in that room. And yes, I want you to touch every single item. I touched every single item (laughs) in each of these rooms. So you set a timer for 30 minutes, you walk into your bathroom, you set the intent, and then you just start touching every single item. Bath toys. Okay, do I need 15? No. Is five going to work? Sure. Five works. Great. Pitch Pitch the other 10, right? Donate them, throw them away, whatever. Okay, so then you're going to like look under the sink. You're going to pull the drawers open and look in the drawers. First off, what can you throw away? Like there's a lot of crap in the bathroom I bet you could throw away. There's old makeup that just gets into weird like, you know, not super clean, like cleanly after a little while. Uh, There's empty toothpaste boxes, old lotion that has like the crusty lids that got like shoved away in the back of your cabinets. Like go through and just do a big purge first. And I don't know, maybe you have like 15 minutes left. All right. So now start asking your question. All right. What else is in here that should not be in here? What do I have 500 of that I just don't need? What items can you combine? Whether that's, you know, soaps or, um, you know, shampoos or whatever that might look like. And then you can just throw away, you know, another container. So honestly, just doing those kind of things would probably get you to about 30 minutes and you could just stop for the day. And then just pick up where you left off tomorrow or later tonight or whatever. But once you get down to what you really need in there, then you want to think about systems. And I'm just going to stick with this bathroom example, but this can go for anything. So like I would ask myself, like, where is the extra toilet paper (laughs) for when you run out? Like personally, we now put the toilet paper in the bottom drawer of our vanity. It helps with just it being accessible for when you do run out. And it also helps us not to fill that drawer up with junk. And then where are the excess bath towels? 
Are they down the hallway in a closet where if you showered and realized you forgot a towel, you would have to like run dripping wet down the hallway to grab one? Or you'd have to like yell to someone to like bring them, bring you a towel? Okay, well, that's not super purposeful. So we actually, our towels used to be down the hallway in the closet and now they're under the bathroom sink. And this helps because they are stored practically, right? Because that's where we use them. And also they're pretty bulky. So it helps us not to like shove a bunch of crap under our sink. And over in the community page that I talked about like 4 million times so far this episode, I actually give you a tour of our hall bathroom. What's nice about doing this when you're going through all of this and decluttering and getting rid of crap is that my three-year-old can clean our entire bathroom in under three minutes. And if you watch that video I shared in our community group, then you can see why. So, oh my goodness, (laughs) feel the weight of that chore off of your shoulders. And even if it did fall on your shoulders, it takes less than three minutes to clean. I mean, if everything got pulled out of the drawer and everything got pulled out from underneath and, you know, I don't even know what else, like there's clothes on the floor, it still would only take me under three minutes to clean that bathroom because there's just not a ton of crap in there anymore. Then you guys, you just start making your way around the house from room to room with every item you donate. I'm telling you, you just feel lighter and lighter and kids also play better with less toys. So freeing up some real estate in your house that used to be run over with toys is so amazing. And then you get to see your kids' imaginations like wake up because they actually have room to play and less choices to become overwhelmed with. And it's just incredible to see. I almost didn't believe it when I heard her talking about it the first time um, because you think like, well, they have all of these toys to play with. But how many times, you guys, has your kid freaking run into the playroom where there's 900 toys Come out in two minutes. I'm bored. I'm bored. I don't have, I don't know what to do. And you're like, seriously, you have 5,000 toys in there. Don't tell me you're bored. Well, you guys are not bored. They're just really overwhelmed. So, you know, donate some of those toys and take back your space. Um, over in that group I was just talking about, I talk about how to get your kids involved so they don't feel like you're just chucking all their stuff and throwing it away. We, you know, you can have them come alongside you and partner with you. Uh, So that's that's a really good thing to kind of get them involved. And I have so much more, you guys, I could say about this because it has completely changed my life. So I might do a couple more lives in our Facebook group. But for now, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. And this episode was planned a while ago, but it kind of fits perfectly with what's happening right now, you know, in the world. We are all already locked in our homes. So what better time to start making our home a place that we actually love being in and a place that recharges us rather than a place that completely drains us. That's not how our homes and the place that we spend most of our time, the place where our children are having their childhood memories made, it's not how it's supposed to feel. It's not supposed to feel burdened and overwhelming and just draining. Like I personally have been pursuing less stuff for about three years now and oh my goodness, you guys. The weight of all the excess is is mostly gone, and I still have a long way to go on this journey, let me tell you, okay? But I can just relax so much more now, and I can be so much more present for things, 
my kids play so much better now. So I hope some of this time that we have quarantined in our daggone houses, I hope that you just take the time to think about the kind of home that you want to have. Like, girl, if if we had to be stuck in our house for eight weeks, which looks like it's about to be that way, is it a space that like brings you joy? Is it a space that makes you feel at home? Is it a space that that you just know, like you're going to look back when you are 80 years old and think like that was the place that my, you know, my marriage happened in and my, my parenting happened in and, and all the things, right? Like then make that happen. Whatever you want to look back and look at your house and whatever and the memories you want to make, make that happen. And you're just going to make it happen one item at a time. And I'm going to be right there alongside you, you guys, in these next couple weeks doing just a once over of every room because things have a way of just sneaking back in if we're not careful. So join me in the next episode as we circle back around to the topic of marriage. So far, we have talked about competition in marriage, which Justin and I have a lot of, and that was episode six. And then we've also talked about how to be a united front when you don't always agree. And that was episode 12. So I hope you guys have a great week. Absolutely love walking with you guys and helping you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. And I want to leave you with a quote from Fred Rogers that we have all heard. He said, when I was younger and I would see scary things on the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. I love that so much for so many reasons. So in this season, you guys, of uncertainty and chaos, I pray that this community is filled with helpers.